0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Obviously you all know my name is Lee. I've been mentioned or named as many things. Uh, The worship guy, the band guy, the guy that stands up there, uh, the good looking guy by my wife. Yes. So I've been mentioned as many things, but my name is just Lee, also called a Chinese, yes. <laughs> For those that don't know. Um, today I'm going to be speaking about what language are we speaking. And um, while we're worshipping, there's this, there's this uh, guy, I think it's slam poetry or stomp poetry, whichever way you want to see it. Young guys call it slam poetry. And his name is David Bowden, and he, he, in one of his poems he says, he talks about Jesus, And when Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again, and he said, death could take the groom, but it could not take the ring. And it talks about our commitment and our relationship with Jesus, that um, although when I'm not in the presence of my wife, it does not mean that I'm not a husband. Because I wear a ring and I've made a covenant to her, which means I'm still a husband wherever I go. And the same thing is just because we do not see Jesus in the physical here does not mean that we are not his bride we are still his bride so when i married my wife my language had to change with that because i no longer had to refer to her as my girlfriend it changed to wife there was an intimacy there was a covenant there was a relationship there was a language change that had to happen because of the covenant that happened And I think it's the same when it comes to us and Jesus. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, there's a language change that happens. And we no longer call ourselves by what we thought we were, but we call ourselves by what He says we are. And that's the bride of Him. That is righteous ones. That is holy ones. That is chosen ones, loved ones by a loving Savior. So our language has to change. So that we can change the way that we walk, the way that we speak, and the way that we view ourselves. Because I no longer view myself as Kelly's boyfriend. I view myself as a husband. I view myself as a future father. I view myself as something that maybe years ago I never thought I could be. But now I view myself differently because there's covenant, there's relationship. And in the same way with Jesus, I view myself so much differently now than what I did years ago. Because I'm no longer those things that I thought defined me, but I'm the thing that He defines me as. And that's who I am. Is that cool? Okay, good. That was, uh, was just what I felt in worship for us. Um, yeah, just God calling us to change our language, to change even our language about ourselves, how we view ourselves. And I'm going to be looking at Paul. But so, obviously, for those of you that might not know or have already figured out Gabe's hot chocolate comment, I am colored. Yes. Quarter Chinese, but predominantly colored. Um, so when I first got here to uh, Cape Town, I, I, I haven't really been involved with like, the Cape Town culture, in other words, Cape Colored, because I live in Durban. So it was a bit of an adjustment for me, and um, I started working with Jerry and Brett from the Solutions Company. A couple of you guys might know Brett. I started working for their company, and we had a job at Metrorail in town. It was quite an interesting event that happened. Because Jerry and I were standing, waiting to set up, waiting for the client to come. And this colored lady walks up to me. Obviously cape colored. Walks up to myself and Jerry looks at us and goes, please excuse my Afrikaans because it's terrible. But she walks up to us and goes, Jerry just looks at me like, obviously he doesn't understand Afrikaans. And I was like, Yes. If you go down this road, and then you turn left, and then you keep going straight, and then she began to look at me like... So then I was like, okay, she's obviously confused, and now I've got confused Jerry, confused lady, and I was like, okay. So then she asks me another question in Afrikaans, and I'm like, yes, straight, and then left, and she looks at me again like... And she like kind of walks off, and halfway through, she like turned around and looked again, And I carried on walking, and I realized at that moment that she looked at me confused because I was speaking a different language to what she was used to. She had seen colored guys before, and what she saw in me was something that she was used to, something that she knew was natural, but then I spoke something that was unnatural, that wasn't natural for her. So that's why she was confused. And I think it's the same with us when we, when we think about our relationship with Jesus and how our language should be in our everyday lives. We should be looking unnatural to people. Because when the world says this is how business should be done, our language should be getting other business owners and other businesses looking at us like, what? Why are you going to do that? We're in recession and we shouldn't be giving to Danun. Why are you doing that? We're in recession cool, we've got to batten down the hatches and maybe not invite so many people to our houses, but why is our neighbor having so many people over and opening their house and saying, come for supper? Like, we should be speaking a different language of people look at us going, that's unnatural. Because it's the language of heaven. It's the language that Jesus gives us so that this world can look at us going, that's confusing. Because Jesus is just, man, he changes your world changes your language and if people look at me like I'm like they're confused that's fine I'm happy with that so I want to look at Paul in Acts 21 verse 22 or Acts 21 and 22 Um, we'll get to that no no sorry (laughs) so um, we'll get to reading that verse now but pretty much what happens is Paul is on his way to Jerusalem Um, guys have warned him and said do not go to Jerusalem because you will be bound in chains So Paul obviously doesn't listen because he knows that that's where God is calling him. He goes to Jerusalem and ends up bound in chains. I don't know how wise Paul was. If it was me, I would have listened to my mates and been like, yes, not going. But obviously, thank God for guys like Paul who listen to Jesus. And he went to Jerusalem and he was bound up in chains. Eventually, he actually went into one of the temples and the crowd recognized him, started attacking him. And a Roman commander realizes Oaks is going to get killed. So he sent his soldiers down to capture Paul and then try to figure out what is going on, what is the mess, and try to work it out. And in Acts 21, verse 37 to 22, verse 2, it says this. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, may I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied. "'Aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt "'and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness "'some time ago?' "'Paul answered, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, "'a citizen of no ordinary city. "'Please let me speak to the people.' "'After receiving the commander's permission, "'Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. "'When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, "'Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense.' When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. I just pray for us. Father, I just thank you right now that as we begin to just look at language and how we can change ours and the language of heaven that you've given us, God, and what you call us to be, I pray that even now you'd begin to speak into our hearts. That you'd take hold of things in our hearts that we need to let go of. And that you'd begin to give us new words, new ways of looking at ourselves through your eyes. That you'd speak to us in the voice of a father. Speaking to his children. Calling us out for things that you've called us to, Father. And we just thank you that even right now, there are things that you're wanting to say tonight. I pray that our ears would be open to hear them, Father. Ask in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Right. So the thing that, that, that amazes me about the Scripture is Paul understands Greek. He speaks to the Roman commander in Greek. But then he addresses the crowd in Aramaic, the language of Jesus. He doesn't actually continue speaking to the crowd in Greek. And there was this thought that popped into my head in three um, points that I'm going to be sharing This language that Paul speaks, he speaks the language of Jesus, of his Savior. And I think about myself in my own language. Sometimes I need to change that because sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I don't speak the language of my Savior. Um, There are times in my own life where, um, I don't know, I'll say something that was not unkind to my wife, and then I'll walk away going, wow, you are such a bad husband. That is terrible. How could you do that? Um, sometimes I might get off from worship and it didn't go well. And straight away I'll be like, wow, just stop singing. Put your guitar down because that was terrible. That's not the language of Jesus. It's not the language of my Savior. I'm agreeing with voices that are speaking into my, my head, my heart. And I'm not speaking the language of my Savior. Because the language of my Savior has called me to be a great husband. Has called me to be a great worship leader. Has called me to be a great son under my father's reign. That's the language of Jesus, not what I think it is. And you might even sit here thinking, cool, there's times when I think I'm not a great business owner, a great father, a great husband, wife, mother, whatever it is. That's not the language that Jesus has given you. It's not his language over you. His language over you is so much bigger, so much brighter, so much better than that. His words speaks so much better of who we are. And I think we just... We just get lost in the loudness of the other voices that are speaking over us. And we need to, the, the thing, yeah, don't get ahead of myself. Sorry. Gotta remind myself. So, the first, first point is do we speak the language of our captors or do we speak the language of our Savior? So, Paul was in, in, in captivity with these Roman soldiers. And, like I'm saying, he understood the Greek, but he didn't live there, he didn't continue to speak that. He then addressed the crowd in Aramaic. And the thing that, that, that I love the most is in verse 2 of Acts 22. I think there's a slide. And it says, When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. These were the same guys, the same crowd that was accusing him. They wanted to beat him. They wanted to kill him. But when he spoke in the language of his Savior, the voices became silent. And I think about our lives and how many times in your life, even sitting right here, there are voices that want to accuse you. There are people that maybe want to get you down. You go into this week going, I don't know what I'm going to do this week because I've got so many things that I need to go through. I think I'm going to fail at that. I don't know how I'm going to address this person. But when we begin to speak in the language of our Savior, the voices go silent. And we can hear his voice so much clearer so we know exactly how to respond. Because now all those voices aren't in our heads. The other thing that I think is really cool is that Paul chose to speak in the language of his Savior. He chose to speak Aramaic. He could have gone with Greek, but he chose. It's a choice that we have to make. So it's not easy. It's not like I come off having a bad set and I go straight away, Oh, cool. I'm the greatest worship leader ever. That doesn't come natural to me. It's actually a choice I have to make. It's something I have to physically do and remind myself and continue to renew my mind and go, no, i not going to the language of my captor, but I'm going to the language of Christ. I'm seated in him. I am in him. He is in me. That is who I am. I'm not that. I, I, I need that quite a bit. Um, one of the things that uh, my wife does quite often for me Is It must be just because I'm her favorite, obviously. But um, when I do have a bad set, or I come off going, oh, that was a terrible preach. She'll normally build me up and she'll be like, no, it was great. You were good. Sometimes I agree with her. Sometimes I'm like, you're just saying that because you're married to me and you have to. And sometimes that's the place that I'll go to. But actually, I realize in those moments she can't change my language, only I can. I have to choose to do that. And I think, Sometimes we think, maybe maybe it's just me, I'm being vulnerable here, but sometimes we think the voices of other people encouraging us is going to be the thing that's going to pick up our mood. And the reality is actually the voice of God speaking to me and me agreeing with his language and using that language is the only thing that's going to lift me up. It's not the voices of others. Because that's just adding to the noise that's already happening. We need to speak in the language of our Savior. Silence all voices and hear our Father. Second point is, um, do we speak of who we were or of who you are? Paul addresses the crowd in Acts 22, verse 1 to 21, and he begins to tell them just Jesus. He begins to say, this is who I was. I was the persecutor. I was the guy that was after the Christians. I was trying to get them killed as much as possible. But then I had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, and now this is who I am. I am traveling here. I am preaching the gospel wherever I went, wherever I can go, and I will be in chains for Jesus. That's what he speaks about. And I think about that, and, and the thing that grips my heart is that is, number one, I want more encounters with Jesus. Because if I don't have more encounters with Jesus, then I'm speaking out of where I was and not of where I am. But the more I have encounters with Jesus, the more I can speak of who I am because I've encountered the King of Kings. I've encountered Jesus who lifts me up And as I encounter him, I can speak of that encounter. I can speak of where I'm going because I know where I'm going because he sent me there. He's already planned it out for me and I've encountered the King of Kings. So we need to continually encounter him. I even want to challenge us and say, worship today was amazing. I think Gabe and the team did a phenomenal job, but it doesn't stop there. If you think that this is your only encounter with Jesus, then you're not going to get very far this week it needs to be a daily encounter with the king of kings so you know what heaven's language speaks over you so you can speak heaven's language into every single situation you come into contact with that's the only way we're going to make a change we need to speak i think even right now i think yeah i think these people that need to speak heaven's languages into their businesses into their family life into their marriages into their kids have encounters so that you can begin to speak what Jesus speaks over your businesses, your family, your marriages, your kids. Because I, I, even while Mark was sharing just now about whatever you're going through, if we just worship, I think it becomes small. And I think we get caught up in the space of going, cool, actually I need to deal with so much stuff, but actually we just need to deal with God and he'll begin to deal with the stuff. So actually, we just need to communicate with him, hear our father speak, and all that stuff will start to dissipate, and all that stuff will disappear, and you'll begin to speak a different language. You'll begin to speak something that sounds even to yourself different, and your responses change. I know years ago, um, I worked for a lady who, um, her father-in-law was a smoker, alcoholic, racist guy, and he developed cancer, and um, obviously God's just funny in the way that He works. But he developed cancer; he was bedridden for a while, and all of the nurses were either Muslim or Zulu, and uh, they had to bath this guy, everything. And she had been praying for years: "Father, save my father-in-law. God, save my father-in-law. Have an encounter with my father-in-law." He had such an encounter with Jesus that, in an instant, couldn't bear the taste of smoke. Couldn't bear the taste of alcohol, and when he left that nursing home, he loved every single one of those women as he would a sister or a daughter. That's an encounter with my Jesus. That changes your language that even you don't believe it. And it's incredible. Oh, I just love him. He's great. Paul didn't speak, he didn't continue to live. He knew where he was from, but he didn't live there. And I think that's so important because a lot of us, we need to understand where we're from because it's a great part of our story, but we don't live there. I don't continue to live in my insecurities, I don't continue to live in my doubts, my fears, where God has put me, but I live in the here and now where I'm seated in heavenly places with the King of Kings. That's where I live, that's where I speak out of, that's where I live out of, not then. So our testimonies are powerful, and I think Rory Dyer spoke about this, and he said, our testimonies are powerful, but we do not live at the cross. We live in the resurrection of Jesus. So actually, we live in here and now, what Jesus is doing here and now, and when the enemy comes and tries to say, but Lee, you were, I can go, yes, I was, but I am. This is who I am in Christ. And that's the same thing that Paul did with that crowd. They said, but aren't you the guy who? And he said, yes, I was, but encountered Jesus and I am. This is who I am. And I believe we need to start speaking to ourselves in that way. Um, David, King David in Psalm 103, he begins to speak to himself. And he says, for instance, verse one, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. This is a king Who needed to lift himself up, speak to his own soul and say, praise the Lord. Because I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves and we need to speak to ourselves and go, praise God. Don't praise the things that you think you are. Don't praise the things that you think you've accomplished. Praise God. Because only through him can you accomplish anything. I know, um, yeah, we're obviously pregnant and we're going to have a kid. It's exciting, it's amazing, I'm amped, went for a scan the other day, and I'm emotional on the best of days, not as emotional as Gabe, but a little bit emotional, and, uh, <laughs> and when we went for the scan, I, I, I cried a bit, um, yeah, just a little, just a little, heard the heartbeat, cried a little bit, and it was just incredible because I think the reason that I cried was more because God is amazing. And he's forming the verses that you read about we are knitted in our mother's womb become so real when you look at that scan. You go, wow. I mean, the the doctor was looking at it going like, oh, there's the two feet. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what you're looking at. It's like two hands, two feet. It's like, I believe you. Stoked. My kid's healthy. But like the fact that God is knitting that child in my wife's womb right now, And we get to partner with God to train this child in the language of him so that one day they will be able to proclaim Jesus. It's incredible. It blows my mind. Because that's what anything that I want to produce needs to be Jesus. Filled with Jesus. Everything about Jesus. Even my wife and I have said, before this child is even born, it is Jesus' child. Whatever he wants, That's where we're going with this kid. The third point tonight is, do we speak from our platform in Christ or our birthright? Paul, throughout this whole time, Paul was a Roman citizen. At any moment, he could have said to this Roman commander, I'm a Roman citizen. Actually, can you please just arrest all of these Jews and kill them? could have pretty much said that but he didn't he spoke from his platform in Christ and not his birthright he spoke from where Christ had put him in chains going I will die for the gospel I'm speaking out of Christ's platform he has given me that's where I'm speaking from and when I was reading this I was reminded of another great man that spoke from his platform and not his birthright Jesus hanging on a cross, people mocking him, saying, if you are the son of God, if you are the king of the Jews, why don't you take yourself off of the cross? He could have. That's his birthright. He is the son of God. God himself, he could have done that and been done with the guys. But he spoke out of the platform that the father had given him. And instead he said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He spoke from his platform before his birthright. And if that's not a great example for us to actually, actually, I'm speaking from the platform Christ has given me, not what I think I have rights to. Because when we, just the little thing that I thought about, that when we speak from our birthright, we speak from our rights. When we speak from the platform in Christ, we speak from his rights. And I would much rather speak from his rights than my rights. Because if you had to hear my rights and see all my track record, it wouldn't be that great. But Jesus' track record is flawless. And I would rather speak from those routes because then it's truth. Then it's something that's worth listening to. I think when, when, I, when I was thinking about this uh, point as well, I thought how much, how much more incredible would it be if people don't listen to you at work because you're the boss or they don't listen to you at work because you're above them, but they listen to you at work because you have spoken Christ to them. And now all of a sudden your position becomes more powerful because they're going, but I met that person the other day. They invited me into their home. We spoke the love of Jesus and I felt nothing but love from them and they're my CEO. What the heck? How, how's that possible? That's not world language because it isn't because that's not what CEOs do. That's not what all the big guys do. You just work for them and oh, well, that's it. But as soon as you start getting involved in people's lives who maybe seem lower than us, we begin to speak of the platform of Christ. Not what we think we have rights to. Or as Impele would say, the haves and have-nots. But actually, we don't have anything in our own strength. We have everything in Christ. And that's why we speak from the platform of Him. Because honestly, if I had to say, by Lee's name, that would mean squat. But by Christ's name, and in Christ, what a great platform to speak on. Because there is nothing that I can't do in Christ. So I was thinking about, how, how do we actually change our language a bit, when we are actually speaking or we want to change our language change our mindsets Um, I think a big thing for me is just uh, uh, the insecurities and those things how do we silence those voices how do we begin to go actually I don't want to live where I was in the past I want to live where I am now seated in Christ how do we do that and um, like I'm saying becoming a new father one of the things dawned me the other day and I was like I'm gonna have to teach my kid how to speak yes And that's quite interesting for me because language played an important role in our family life. Um, Small little story, it is quite funny, hopefully. But um, I grew up um, for early years in Sydenham in Durban, which is a colored area. Um, And obviously being young, I was kind of like, I didn't really understand the concept of the color of your skin. And there was this colored guy, but he was quite dark so i proceeded to at a young age go Salborna, saubona and this oak's not answering me and i started getting very angry because so i'm like why is he not saying hello to me and i started shouting and my dad grabbed me and said he's gallantly and i was like oh okay and it's interesting because my dad my dad wanted us to obviously speak the correct language be able he grew up on a farm he was like greet guys in their language because it's this thing of respect. It's this thing of like they, you're there with them. Salborna, um, for those of you that don't know, is hello in Zulu, but it actually means I see you. So it's something that's so much more powerful in somebody else's language because when you speak in their language, you're actually reaching their heart, not just, oh, cool, I can say your hello, but I see you. Like I remember when I used to work at, at One of the churches in Durban, when we greeted all the ladies like that, they were so stoked. There was a smile that came on their face. Their eyes lit up because they were seen. And that was incredible. And I realized I'm going to have to teach my kid how to speak one day. And here's the cool thing. My kid, when you see them one day, might say, dude, a lot. Because I say, dude, a lot. A lot. And that's cool because that means that they spend a lot of time with me. And because they spend a lot of time with me, they learn the language that I've taught them. And so it is when we want to change our language, we need to spend a lot of time with Christ. We need to spend a lot of time in him so that we begin to learn his language. We begin to go, okay, cool, that's how you speak. Not only that, but he's given us people, surrounded us with people that we can surround ourselves with to start learning who's speaking the language of God already. So if I'm going, cool, actually, I'm battling a bit when it comes to preaching. Then I've got to surround myself with the Gabe, with the Mark, so I can learn how they deal with the insecurities, how they deal with tough circumstances, what language they speak in Christ, so that I can go, okay, cool, that's what it actually looks like. Now I need to start changing my language so that I can become better at this. Second thing that I thought was, Eventually, when the kid gets older, they start reading, and their vocabulary gets bigger. Um, I won't lie, my niece and nephews, they stay in New Zealand. Um, every now and then, we do FaceTime with them. The first time we did FaceTime with them, my niece said to me, I said to her, um, so you guys are living in South Africa still, hey? And I was like, yes. She's like, do you guys write on paper? I'm like, yes, we write on paper. It's like, we use Macs. You guys are so third world. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like six or seven. What are you doing? But um, they're obviously learning some new words, some new New Zealand words. They do the haka thing for us. I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. It's great. My sister sends me messages and say they shout to each other the haka and she has no idea what they're talking about. And she's like, what are you saying? And then they just laugh. And then she's like, I still don't understand what you're saying. As kids get older, they learn new things, they read more, their vocabulary expands and gets stronger. And it is the same with us. As we spend more time in God's Word, our vocabulary gets stronger. And we begin to understand who we are and we can speak His language to ourselves, to those around us, and get so much stronger in what He calls us to be. That we're not just using the language that we think we need to use here to make it sound Great and glorious, but we can use his language to empower others and go, actually, this is what he calls you to be, because his word says so. The third third thing is is practice. Um I'm sure you all remember practicing your speeches before you did your English oral and speaking to whoever would hear about your English oral and then eventually you did it. And it's the same with us. We're not gonna get this right tomorrow. But we need to practice. We actually need to stop ourselves and go, whoa, okay, I need to practice this. Even if it means we've got to stand in front of someone, it sounds weird, but I've got to get better at this. Actually, I need to stand in front of my wife and first and foremost, I need to declare Jesus over our family. Then I need to say how amazing my wife is. Then I actually need to start saying, I'm a good husband. And it sounds weird, but that's who God's called me to be. He's called me to lead this family, as a good husband, as a good father, and I need to start speaking that over myself so that actually that's where I become, as a good husband, a good father, because he's called us to be that, and I take my cue off of him. I want to end with just this thought. Um, in Matthew 5, I believe that Jesus starts to give us another language to speak. He begins to speak about the Beatitudes and he begins to say things like, you've heard the world say, do not commit murder. But I say, if you just think wrong of somebody, then you are condemned. He starts to give us this different language where the world says, this is how we live, but he says, this is how we live. The crazy thing is I will never be able to keep up to that. Because I don't know about you guys, but driving in Cape Town especially, it's hard. I'm going to think evil of someone. Because man, especially around circles, who else has problems in circles? You sit there forever. And I'm going to think wrong of somebody. So that language is a bit hard for me. The greatest thing is that Jesus spoke the language for me. And he actually on the cross said, it is finished. He completed Every single work that the world says that we have to live by, he completed it. He fulfilled every single law so that when I speak, I don't speak in Lee, I speak in Christ. And when I speak in Christ, it's different. It's something else that comes out. I no longer have to think about that person and think evil thoughts because all I think is Christ. What do you see? What are you leading me to? Who is that person in you? Because he's already one, in a sense, that language for me. Because it's hard. It is so hard. So I have to submit to him. I have to go, God, I can't. I don't know if I'm able to speak in the language of my capital or speak in the language of you. I need you. I don't know if I can speak about where I am and not think about where I was. I need you. I don't know if I can continue to speak on the platform of you or speak in my birthright, and what I think I believe is right, and what I feel that I have rights to, I need you, Jesus. And as we begin to spend more time with him, we just begin to learn his language, begin to speak like him, begin to look a little different, sound a little different even to ourselves. I just feel even even tonight that, as weird as it might sound, um, there's a couple people that I think maybe need to speak to themselves. And just, it sounds weird, but just look in a mirror and speak what God speaks over you. Listen to the Father's heart and begin to live in that and speak that out. I feel like there's people here who who almost are holding back on things that God is telling you to tell other people, speak. As soon as you start speaking, he's going to speak through you and you are almost going to be like that, that um, what's it called, that loud halo thing that you speak through. That's going to be you. He, you are going to be his mouthpiece that he speaks through in your workspace, in your family space, to those that you think are far from him. He wants to use you to speak to them. So we need to get speaking. We need to spend more time with him read his word surround yourself with people that are speaking his language so that we can go out there and change this world because christ has called us to greatness he's called us to better things bigger things and we just need to believe it is that cool it's going to pray for us that's good Father, I just thank you right now that even in this moment that we've been speaking about the language that you give us and we've been speaking about how you speak so much better over us than other voices and other influences and insecurities, God. I pray out now that it would sink in who we are in you and we would not listen to the voices anymore of insecurity, of doubt, of fear. But as we begin to speak the language of our Savior, we would silence those voices, God that right now you are silencing voices that have been speaking for too long in people's lives and you begin to speak louder over them of who they are. I thank you, Father, that right now you're calling us to so much bigger things and you're even speaking to us right now of where we are to be, that we are seated with you and that we can be what you've called us to be and that we don't have to have fear or doubt, but as we walk in you, Jesus, You bring freedom from the voices that speak. You bring silence to the voices that speak, and it is only your voice that continues through all eternity saying, it is finished. So I thank you right now, Father, that you begin to speak to hearts tonight. Maybe there's, there's people that need to come into contact with people this week, that you change hearts, mindsets, to something of you. That we would go out purposefully for your kingdom to advance, Jesus. So I pray, even right now, just use us through this week to speak more of you into our situations, Jesus. I ask us all in your precious name, Lord.